Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm Kobe, your host and political cub. Uh, I'm joined as always by our, <laughs> our political our political prodigies, Diane. Great and big Tatum. bears. Yeah. Great big bears to your cub. I was going grizzly bear. <laughs> <laughs> I think like in a clubbing term, a bear club is something a bit different, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but so. might not want to dwell on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Prodigies all right, isn't it? That's, that's, and sometimes you take umbrage at the at the, at the descriptive term I give you guys, but prodigy. Uh, I mean, cool. you know, pr- prodigy is great. It just makes me think about having the cure and the remedy, <laughs> and uh, getting a little bit ravey up in here. <laughs> how how are you guys doing? Because you both we didn't have a, a podcast episode last week because Tatan, you were too uh, struck down by COVID, and yeah. in the previous episode, Diane, you were also suffering through COVID. I bounced back. So. <laughs> I I've had a good week. I had to run and test my lung capacity, and um, and it's all you back. had to run. Well, no, you know, just for men. Mentally, like a doctor mandated. No, thing. no, okay. no. I'm I'm like a greyhound. I have to every few days. <laughs> Less graceful than a greyhound, unfortunately. Um, but no, it was all good. So I'm feeling back up there thank you kubi this attributes to diane's strength and <laughs> diane's brilliance like when she had covid we did the podcast she's like yeah bring it i am woman hear me roar whereas when i had COVID, I was like, i can't do it i can't and then, like a week later i'm still like, uh, ill and diane's like yes i'm running i'm a greyhound i'm powerful <laughs> and i'm like kind of i'm sat here with a lemsip and a mug of tea because i couldn't work out which i wanted because my head's in that space so go, Diane. Oh. Well, on that, guys, let's head to the first section of the podcast, the popularity contest. This is a segment where we look at last week's most popular posts in reverse order. Guys, what's been happening this week? Well, the uh, MPs have been in their constituencies, doing their constituency work, and only the House of Lords were doing their business. We're going to get the House of Lords later because they did loads of stuff. But it's led for a slightly uh, topsy-turvy top three. In at three was COVID chaos. And it's because, once again, COVID's making life difficult. We expect that these days, but but it's not making life difficult because restrictions are coming back. But there's just loads of people who have COVID, and COVID mm. like, there's like five million people according to the ONS. Five million people in the UK have it, and um, that means there's a lot of people who are feeling a bit poorly, and a lot of people can't really go to work, and some jobs say you can't come in if you've got COVID anyway. So we've got like EasyJet cancelled flights, and there's all kinds of other places where staff just aren't pitching up to work. Not because death is knocking on their door, but because they're a bit poorly. Um, and that's uh, that was in at three. I guess this is kind of steering. I mean, this is what the government want. This is what Boris Johnson and um, Sajid Javid want in terms of 
we need to just deal with illnesses as they as they occur. And this kind of goes back to the better the companies that said, right, if you're ill, just stay at home. Mm. Um, so this is the extension of the case. If you're ill, stay at home. Yeah, as it would have been for like other diseases, but we've sort yeah. of forgot about them. Five million people don't have other diseases. Like <laughs> five million people at one time. Yeah. Like, it makes me true. feel so not special. <laughs> stay at home oh well you are um i wonder how that's going to actually manifest because in that in that period when you had to stay at home that's when most people had an had a workplace to go to mm. so now if you're a bit poorly and you would have taken a sick day off previously are you still obliged to turn up in front of the zoom screen i don't know um answers on a postcard or answers to to tatton and diane yeah it's a tricky one it's a bit like schools isn't it so now when the kids are off um they do have the option to to join if they're well enough and and do work certainly at our schools and it's that old adage of you know since the technology was set up because of covid and um, there'll be no more snow days it's not ever going to be a thing you'll always be able to join oh, well, no. yeah it's so sad <laughs> those were legitimately some of the best days ever as a child yeah. you you wake up and there's snow which means you can't go to school which means you have to play outside with your friends on a day that isn't the weekend. Yeah. Amazing. I I already weep for the loss of um the the, uh, the next generations are going to have as a result of this. Yeah. All right. <laughs> on to number 2, Diane. Okay. So, um basically a, another piece of legislation came into effect this week and that's at bigger restaurants and cafes and takeaways. So randomly it's those with over 250 staff but anyway that's that's the benchmark but they have to display um calorie counts or you know how many calories are in meals that you would order um on their menus and this got so much attention this week because um even a lot of very renowned well-renowned master chef winners all sorts of people in the food industry were coming out saying that it didn't really feel like a great idea because calories are such a very specific part of understanding the whole piece of health and nutrition mm. that people argued there were other ways you could do it to to try and um, look after the nation's health. But the government definitely see this as part of a plan that obesity is a problem in the UK and um, that giving people this information could help them make better choices. So definitely one that really got people thinking about both ways. And I did notice in the news that a few restaurants, one of them being Wagamama's, are offering you the chance to have a, a, a menu that doesn't have the calorie count on it. If you're someone who potentially has... Um, eating disorder. Yeah, an eating disorder or a disordered relationship with food, you can request, mm. you can ask for a menu without the calorie information on. So it's really interesting that they can still do that under this law as long as they are providing the other menu as well. Okay, so mm. it just has to be displayed or easily available somewhere yes. in the premises. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I read one thing about when, when, the, when restaurants started doing this in the States, that what actually happened was people who were typically on the poor end of the spectrum, they would use it as a way to get more bang for buck in terms of the calorie intake. Uh -huh. So they would yeah. they would pick the higher calorie things 
if everything if everything else is the same price wise, they go for the one with the highest calories because that it meant they would have a better meal uh, or feel fuller in some way, shape, or form. I wonder if that's going to manifest or, uh, at all, tying in with the old um, cost of living mm. crisis we're going through. <laughs> Mm. it's all part of a plan but it's, mm. it's obviously quite a blunt instrument isn't it yeah like and how individual people respond to individual pieces of information is very hard to predict let's head to number three Tatton. number three is about divorce up until now uh if two people have just fallen out of love and it just in order for both lives to continue meaningfully they needed to get a divorce they would then have to say unreasonable behavior and if you say that you need it was unreasonable behavior one person has to create a list of things the other person's done that's bad and evil and wrong bah, 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 bah. or they would say um infidelity or adultery and that's often with uh, partners unknown so if you've both moved on you've both got new partners right because actually you've been broke separated for for a bit then that can often be put down as adultery with persons mm. unknown and it's just it's just not very nice um you know i may have, you know be speaking from some experience here it's a horrible horrible process that you have to go through at a not very nice time of your life and a new law came in today to say no fault divorce the thing you can just say no one's at fault we just we just need to end this i mean you know critics say that it enables divorce it makes it easier to get divorced. And actually, if you get married, if you stand up in front of everyone and say, for, till death do us part, then it should be hard to get out of that because that's a commitment that you made. But I, yeah, I kind of wish no-fault divorce laws were around a bit earlier. Yeah. Um, I, and obviously, judging by the fact it was the most popular post this week, there's a lot of uh, dialogue about it and a lot of thoughts about it as well. Mm, yeah, lots of support for it, definitely. Just removing that animosity and particularly where there are children involved, I think it can mm. only be a good thing. I mean, no one no one wants to get divorced when they when they stand in front of people saying we've till death of part, but things life happens, doesn't it? So yeah. just I mean, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get get too ranty on this. Just life can be so much happier post divorce for everybody, for the children, for 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 all the different people involved. Like Keep anything that keeps people unhappy is a bad thing, right? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's head to the second segment, the Thursday debates. Every week, you guys set the readers a debate topic, and this week, it was about sweets. What's going on there? Uh, this week, it was a takeover. It was a, a Tatton and Tiernan's politics show takeover Why? of the Thursday debates. Uh, they tried to say it couldn't happen, but we did it anyway. <laughs> That's how we roll over at uh, How Does This Politics Thing Work Then Central. So Tiernan from Comedy Club for Kids, who is a wonderful and funny man, um, and I have a show together. It is for 7 to 11-year-olds and their family and siblings and adults and you know whoever else wants to come along. Um, it's 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 a look at why politics is great and why it's important and how powerful young people can be. And uh, it starts off with this question of if you've got eight sweets and you've got 10 children or who all want sweets and you can't split the sweets, uh, what's the best way to divide them? And the children come up with lots of different ideas. And um, it's amazing how creative and intelligent our children's ideas are. And actually, it's funny how similar some of the adults' ideas were. Uh, and the adults, clearly, a lot of the adults thought, ha, 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 I'm going to say something 
well, lols. Um, <laughs> and, and then they say exactly what the kids say when the kids are also trying to be funny. So it, it was a really fun debate. Uh, lots of people got involved and the show is really great. And it's coming to Bury St. Edmunds on Thursday. So if you're near the Theatre Royal in Bury St. Edmunds on Thursday and you've got like uh, little people yeah. come along and then Watford on the 23rd of April and then just freshly booked in yesterday, we've got the Waterman's Theatre in Brentford. We sold that last time we were there. So we're hurrying to get tickets. And pool in Ooh. May, in oh, the end the of place. May. Uh, yeah, we are. We are. We, we're quite London southeast and southwestish because uh, these are just the first few dates coming back from COVID. From and so in the autumn, we're going to get round a lot more places. I think. Uh, watch this space. So these, so these responses are we assume from adults on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to hear <laughs> what the children's responses are to the same question, head to these live shows. Uh, what did we get from the adults on Instagram uh, who follow the Simple Politics Instagram account? Lots of different ones. Uh, probably not. Probably nothing that Tatton hasn't heard before. But um, one of my favourites is stay-at-home Hannah, who said, "Surely there'll be one or two kids who are allergic, or their parents wouldn't let them eat sweets, or you know, someone who needs a vegan sweet, or something like that." And I think that's a great way to do it because um, that's fairly true. <laughs> You can't, you can't see your tatting is tatting not happy with that kind of response. Right. So, stir home hand. I mean, I've got words. All right. So, first of all, it's really clear all the children want sweets. So, I mean, what we like, like, I don't know how we're getting these are imaginary children, and suddenly you're imagining mean parents. Like, what the heck is going on here? Why, 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 why are the adults in your brain not very nice to their children? Hannah, where's your warmth? Where's your compassion? Uh, these are made up sweets made up children and I mean there was uh, most sweet I suppose ch- chocolate's not vegan but only sweets are vegan mostly I mean not Haribo's but then we wouldn't use Haribo's we'd use something fair trade maybe maybe you need to quantify this in the future by saying eight non-allergen vegan sweets <laughs> I mean no that's it's, oh Hannah Hannah <laughs> what, you mean you mean person I mean camp, like because because the rules, I mean, whenever we do this game, there are two clear rules. You can't split the sweets and you can't buy more sweets. And uh, Cam Jams has said, melt them all and divide them into 10, which is splitting them. There were two rules, <laughs> Cam Shams. And you, I mean, make them all divide them into 10. Divide, that's splitting them. Instagram people are the worst. Well, if you thought Hannah was mean, Ginge Girl one says no sweets for anyone. Do you know what? That's the number one pick. Is it? It's always like, no, yeah. Um, like the, the 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 sense of fairness that young people have. Every show we do, at least one person will say that. So what we do at the show is we um we take three different ideas and then the audience votes on their favourite. Mm. And uh, no one gets any sweets. Always comes up because this this innate sense of fairness that yeah that the, the, the young people have. Oh, they'll lose it by the um, time they're eighteen. My boy turns two in two weeks and it's at the stage where they started saying random words and you you pull them you piecing them together. And he started to say, "My turn, my turn." Aww. So he's there at nursery. Him and the other, him and the other kids, like taking turns to do stuff. But that kind of melts my heart a bit because, yeah, you, know, you don't hear that much in adult life, do you? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, can I jump the queue, mate? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's nice. Hello, I'm Hannah Flint from the First Film Club a film podcast series dedicated to established and emerging talent, both in front of and behind the camera, and the feature debuts that launch their careers. 
from the new drama Mass to the cult classic Heathers. Each episode is dedicated to a film, a guest, and the behind-the-scenes stories, memories, and advice from their time on set. Find us, The First Film Club, wherever you listen to your stripped media podcasts. Come join the club. Okay, let's head to the third section, Bills, Bills, Bills. In this section, we look at a bill that's going through Parliament. What will be going through next week, Tatton? Well, uh, next week, nothing. Nothing's going to go through at all. We're going to look back at last week because uh, the House of Lords have been in action. We are heading towards the Queen's speech, which means it's a bit like the beginning of the, um, the, the financial year, the beginning of the school year. So mm. we're coming to the end of this parliamentary year, it's called session. And by the end date, which is very early next month, any bills that haven't finished their journey get put in the bin, right? Everything is scrapped. So all these big bills we've been talking about for a year now are all coming to their end point. Mm. And um, so again, between the House of Commons and House of Lords trying to agree stuff, and the Lords have been throwing their weight around quite a lot. So firstly, Dan's going to look at uh, one in a second, but first we're going to look at the Nationality and Borders Bill, where the peers uh, voted just by only, only, only with a 25 majority to get rid of a broad provision making a criminal offence and knowingly arrive at the UK without permission. So if you get a dinghy across the channel, that's knowingly arriving at the UK without permission, right? You know that you haven't got a visa and the peers said you can't get rid of that because these are refugees who yeah. are coming over here. These are people who need, need, need places. So, so they got rid of that. And they said that uh, unaccompanied child asylum seekers in Europe can join family members in the UK. And they said that we shouldn't have, I mean, it, it would need to have more votes to do this offshore asylum claims, you know, where we, where we find somewhere a thousand miles away to, to, to process everybody. I mean, there's loads and loads and loads. There's like 12 defeats on this bill. So this this ties into the political ping pong you were you were talking about in previous weeks, right, Tatton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what it says. Yeah, so they 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 will take these things out, then they'll go back to the Commons. The Commons will pretty much put them back in, mm. and each time they go back to the Lords, the Lords is less likely to insist on them. The Lords want to ask the MPs. So the MPs are democratically elected. This government is democratically elected, and the Lords are well aware they weren't. So they ask the MPs to look again at the bill, and then. When the, when the MPs have looked again and they insist on it, the Lords in general will go, okay, fine. Now, this is the second insistence from the Lords. This is them putting back in changes that were already, so we're already in quite deep argumentative territory. The Lords aren't rolling over as much as they might be expected to be or might have done in the past. So we'll see what happens when the Commons comes back after Easter or just before Easter uh, and see where we go from there. And then let's move on to the elections bill. This is something we talked about in the previous episode as well. Yeah, it is. And the big headline from the elections bill, there's lots more to it, but the big headline that the Lords basically inflicted another defeat on the government's round was around photo ID for voting. It's the government's idea that people can apply, possibly through local councils, but apply for a photo ID that you would need to show to vote in, in England and Wales. And it's a controversial one because generally, you know, you can also have a passport, you can also have your driving license, but if you don't have one of those, you would need to apply for this photo ID card to be able to vote. And it's it's seen as something that could be a barrier 
and generally people in the demographics that are poorer and in less well-off areas don't tend to have photo ID and so would need to do this application process to get the ID before they voted. So it's an extra barrier potentially for them to vote. Mm. And, you know, the the arguments for it are that it cuts on an electoral fraud. Um, but that's not a huge problem in the UK at the minute. So what the House of Lords did is they put forward an amendment which said, OK, ID, fair enough, but let's make it easier and a far more broader range of things. So even if you have a library card, a student card, other things that could potentially prove who you are, that's a step up from not taking ID at the minute. So anything is a step up from that, right? That's what they put forward and proposed and that got voted through. So that one will still go back to the Commons. And, uh, you know, the government may still fight to get that through. But certainly for now, the Lords want them to look at broadening it, making it a little bit easier if ID is going to come in. It sounds like a compromise, Diane. Um... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but this is how this is how ping pong works. This is this is this is how our legislative system works. They the Commons say no, and then the Lords go, okay, how about this? And then and then they they can they can suggest a further. You know, it could be that library cards have a photo, any photo ID. The Commons could go, okay, fine, we'll mm-hmm. do that, but it can't be a gas bill because that hasn't got your photo on it so it needs to be a photo if we're going to cut down the voter id fraud you need to have photo like that kind of thing so they can they can do this compromising negotiating process and that and that i mean yes it is a defeat for the government but i think it should be lauded i think we should be pleased that our legislative bodies the, mm. the house of Commons, house of lords are compromising and and and, and trying to find a way through together i like that uh, i'm liking i'm liking the lords more and more Let's head over to the final section for this week, Crystal Ball. What is on the horizon for this coming week? Diane? Well, it's um, the second week of Easter recess, MPs back with their constituencies, the Lords off as well. So I'm thinking just lots of mini eggs, cups of tea, feet up on the (laughs) desk. (laughs) Although Tatton might have other plans, I'm not sure. Oh, the show. We spoke Barry St. Edmonds. I've been Barry St. Edmonds. <laughs> I cannot wait to come face to face with the lovely people of Barry St. Edmonds and surrounding areas. <laughs> well, that's on the crystal ball. One thing we should say before we leave, guys, is this is the final run of the of the two weeks indoors book that's coming out. Two years. If you've been following the, the account recently, which of course you should have been. Um, we've seen lots and lots of people posting about getting their books, and it's quite exciting, right? Yeah, oh, it's very exciting. The first six thousand, the first six thousand books have now been delivered, and the final we've, we've got one and a half thousand books still to still to sell, and that'll be it. They are done. They are gone. There'll be ten thousand books in total, and they are nearly all gone. I'm expecting them to turn up on the Antiques Roadshow in like fifteen years' time. <laughs> yeah. um, limited edition run <laughs> might be worth might be worth 15 pounds um, one of those uh one of those times the antiques roadshow where the uh the person with the antique is sorely disappointed by the valuation. <laughs> that's the best that's why everyone watches the antiques yeah. roadshow yeah. the, is it still a thing um right guys so get to go to spstuff.co.uk is that right mm-hmm. yeah perfect uh, to get the books and there's other there's other fun stuff there as well uh so do head there get the book and um, we'll head off uh, into the sunset guys thank you very much it's been a pleasure as always thanks Kobe thank you very much good night bye bye
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.